Hi everyone, welcome to our first official official episode of On Call with Lynn and Alini. So I am Alini. I'm Lynn. And we're just going to start off this episode with a quick, lighthearted, how was your day, Melinda, and how are you feeling? Let's talk about you. So today's actually been an incredible day. So my school does department days, which means like a month or every two months, there's every department of the school gets like a day where you don't have classes. And today just happened to be science department day, which was incredible because my classes and commitments for today ended at 9.45. So I did spend the past five hours at the Starbucks downtown working on like essays, writing, just like doing things in my own time. And it was so nice. It was so relaxing. How about you, Lainey? My day was okay. I feel like this week has been going pretty slow, but fast at the same time. (laughs) Um, my day was just a very average school day, um, and then I had speech after school, there's some drama going on, um, but it was pretty good, but most of my friends were on a field trip today, so, you know, when, like, your friends are out from school, it's just, it's just sad. Oh, yeah. But I did have a pretty good school day, and now I'm on call with Melinda, so it's an even better day. So true. Okay, so I do have this prepared. My song of the week for this week is going to be Politics and Violence by Dominic Fike. If you haven't listened to it, you should. If you've only ever heard his name in passing, you should go listen to more of his music. I love it. How about you, Lenny? Um, Mine is probably From the Dining Table by Harry Styles. Um, And this song is on his first album. And... I, I've listened to all three of them, but I used to be kind of a hater of the first album because it was too sad for me. <laughs> but recently, I've listened to all three of them again, and the first one's definitely my favorite now, and that song's on the first one, and I just think it's a really great song, but it's quite sad. But I haven't listened good. to the one. I listen to oh, it. Oh, it's good. So, introducing this week's yeah. topic, we're going to be talking about beauty, but especially through the lens of an Asian-American teenage girl. Yes, so one of the biggest struggles that I have with, like, beauty in my appearance is definitely makeup just as a whole, but specifically mascara. And I feel like in within the past year, mascara just as a trend has been, like, rising really fast and just the, like, I think every girl in my school wears mascara now, just big black long lashes and I really do think I look better with long lashes but as an Asian girl I have super short straight (laughs) lashes and every mascara that another girl will suggest to me it just doesn't work no you're so right like I feel like every single Asian American girl has probably grappled with mascara and just like lash oh, yeah. stuff because there's things with like eyelash curlers like not fitting our eyes sometimes you like asian ones are just like better because they kind of just fit your eyes better yes. and there's also like mascaras that just don't work on asian lashes because my lashes do just go straight down yeah and so now after months and months of experimenting with different mascaras i have bought a new eyelash curler a bunch of new mascaras and now the mascara that works for me the best is the heroin 
mascara like long and curl voluminous because it's a japanese brand and the curler i use is shiseido which is a japanese brand so i just think it's so interesting how especially with eye makeup and lashes the asian brands are obviously going to work better for asian girls because it's made by asians for asians i feel like it's kind of like once you kind of accept that these things are designed for you with you in mind like stepping being able to like step away from trends and being able to like oh yeah go and buy things and find things that are made for you with you in mind it's like refreshing especially yeah like the heroin make mascara that you described i've been using that for a good two years and it is the best mascara i've ever used oh me too about it it will just never leave your eyes like, you put it on, and you'll have to wait for it to, like, naturally erode off. Because that yeah. is not leaving your eyes. No, but I it's so great. It's said... so waterproof. Yeah. Oh, but you're so and the, right. Like, you have to use the the remover that the brand makes because it's just so good that it's not going to come off with any other remover. But I, I really think it's worth it. It's so good. I used to swim, and when I used that mascara and I swam, it would literally not come off. Like, I know people say this all the time. They're like, I swim, I went to practice, I cried, I took a shower. Literally, it will not come off. Oh, yeah. Like, you can deliberately try, it will not move, but it is so good. Trust. It is so good. So. I feel like this kind of, like, a lot of trends here, especially, like, some of the trends that we're more susceptible to as, like, teenage girls. Mm Mm-hmm center around products and things that kind of really don't align with sort of asian beauty standards and i feel like living exactly kind of taking those trends as they come kind of creates a struggle to kind of find balance between western beauty standards and asian beauty standards yeah like especially during the summer with like everyone tanning and all of that like i remember during the summer like if i went and talked to my grandparents like I give them like a little weekly call. They'd be like, make sure you're not getting too tan in the summer. And that's like, I bet that's really weird to a lot of, I guess, people who are used to like kind of Western standards of just tanner the better. Mm -hmm. Like the pacier you are during the winter, the worse you look. And it's really weird to find a balance between that. Yeah, because in Asian beauty standards, the paler you are, the more beautiful you are. But really here, every girl is trying to get a really good summer tan. And I personally feel better when I'm tan. But if I talk to my parents, sorry, my grandparents, and I'm super tan, I just know the one thing that they're thinking about is how pale I am or how tan I am. Um, And it kind of goes back to the lashes that we were talking about before, because a lot of girls do have nat- uh, naturally long lashes, but we don't. And I think that's just what made it um, just so harder, so much harder to get the right mascara. And really, you have to really try to make your lashes look long. And especially with our skin tone, it's just really hard to find a balance. Like um, in the summer, I'm going to be pretty to the people here, but am I going to be pretty to my grandparents? It's just really hard to find a balance. Yeah, and there's definitely like a social aspect to that too because you kind of feel like social pressure to conform to these trends, to buy these yeah, products, definitely. use these projects, to even like go out with your friends and tan and not be afraid of something like that. But there's yeah. also like a sense of am I 
doing something wrong? Am I doing something against, you know, like what my family would want, what my, you know, culture wants to do these things? So there's definitely a lot of misplaced guilt. Yeah. And this goes along with being called whitewashed because even though we're just trying to follow trends, we're trying to be as socially accepted as we want to be people are never going to be satisfied people are going to call you whitewashed and especially um boys well not just boys but a lot of the Mm. time I feel like will a boy like me because I'm Asian and it's really hard when you're on the boardwalk at the beach with your really pretty white blonde blue-eyed friend and you can tell that all the teenage boys are looking at her and not you and It's just really hard when you are never going to be seen as the blonde, blue-eyed, white girl because you are just Asian. And I feel like even for us, like me and Melinda being teenage girls, you are either considered whitewashed or like you're either considered whitewashed or considered weird. Like you're never going to satisfy everyone. And I just think it's really hard to just accept that and be and try your best to be socially accepted. But it's also going to backfire you on the sa- at the same time. One thing that's so weird to me is that it's so hard to not be generalized when someone's like a guy or someone's oh, talking yeah. to you. Because, of course, it's like you're either an ABG where you're weird. But there's also like if someone likes you, then people will be like, do they like me because I'm Asian? Oh, like they have an Asian fetish. Yeah. Oh, they're like a freak. Like, yeah. People are so quick to say that, and especially, like, it's so hard to not be generalized. Like, like what Alina was talking about, like, the ABG. You get highlights. You're suddenly an ABG. You dye your hair color. You're weird. I have blonde highlights, and I feel like right after I got blonde highlights, and I wear fake lashes when I go out or when I go to a dance or something, and right after I got the blonde highlights, people started calling me an ABG because... It's it's kind of a thing for Asian girls to get blonde highlights, but not because it's a thing. It's just because I wanted them. And right after I got them, I started getting called an ABG. And then that was right away when I started wearing mascara that you could tell that I was wearing. And it was just, can I not just be pretty? Or like, can I just not be like liked by someone without that yeah, exactly. insinuated that they have like an Asian fetish? Like, it yeah. sounds like obscene to say out loud. It sounds like there's no way this actually happens oh it does but like yeah. it definitely does and i remember i was talking to this guy and his friends would say all the time that he had an asian fetish i was the first ever asian that he's ever like talked to or really had an interest in so it's just because of the fact that i was asian he didn't actually have an asian fetish it was just because i was with him and i was asian and he was a white guy and it's just all they could say so weird and also i feel like the whole like generalization as a person like there are like specific just like stock people that they will always compare you to like you dye your hair you're compared to one asian influencer you'll you're wearing your eyeliner specific way they're going to compare you to one asian influencer there's always going to be like these kind of like monuments people that you can only be grouped with one of them and it's weird because it's so hard to have individuality on that level when it's always happening to you um so i think that's gonna conclude our episode for today about beauty 
And I think we hit a really good, like, a really good amount of really good points mm-hmm. that it's it's hard to find someone else to relate. Yeah, I feel like this kind of goes back to a lot of this stuff is topics that you may feel, well, at least I feel like me and Aline, we have felt kind of weird if we brought it up to, you know, our friends would haven't experienced the same thing. So yeah. if you've experienced any of this or if you have any understanding of any of this, we just want this podcast to kind of be like, feel like you're on call talking about it with us. Yeah. Yes, we get it. So I think that's going to close our, our episode. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. And I hope you enjoyed our points. And I hope you come back for more. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Yes. Goodbye.